Y'all are beautiful. God has such beautiful women. Wasn't it neat that God made woman for man because he needed us so much? He needed us. <laughs> and that's us. Okay. Well, I'm excited about what I'm going to teach today because the Lord's really been dealing with me about this. We're going to talk about being committed to the word that you've heard. Now, it's so easy for us to confess what the word says about us. But what about our actions that goes with those confessions? It's just, it's, it's easy. I mean, we say what the word says, but do we act like it? Do we act like it? That's what we need to do. So uh, two weeks ago, I met with um, our helpers, those of you that are behind the scenes that you don't even know about. Maybe you do notice some of them. But I gave them this, and I had a couple of extras I gave y'all. So I'm going to start with this, because this is what the Lord laid on my heart for ladies' Bible study to start with. He said, commitment. And what he was sharing with me is that we teach on commitment to the church. But he says, I want you to teach on being committed to the word you've heard. Because that's where you receive. So we're going to talk about getting serious. We're going to grow up. The word that's in us is going to grow. And it's going to grow so much on the inside of you, Miss Anna, all of you. It's going to grow so much. Revelation knowledge comes by the Holy Ghost. But it's going to grow so much on the inside of you, it's going to start coming out of your mouth. And the plus sign is it's going to produce actions in you. Because revelation is going to come that, you know what? I've been saying this, but I haven't acted it. I haven't acted like I'm healed. And if you heal, if you're healed, then we should be acting. What would you be doing if you were healed? Amen? So let's think about this. So I'm going to read this. I looked up the word commitment, and it means a pledge or a promise. Now then, I'm going to go ahead and cover this, Daniel. We're going to be giving you some books when they come in. And we want you to, as we study and as the Holy Spirit reveals to you, things that you need to commit to in the Word. Have you been saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed? Have you been saying uh, I'm, that I am blessed to be a blessing? Well, are you giving? Where's your action? It doesn't matter how much you are or what, it's what the Holy Spirit lays on you. So we're going to learn to be committed to the word that we've been hearing, hearing and doing it, okay? So our goal then is to be committed to the word that I hear. What you hear today, I want you to go ahead in your own notebook, and then you can transfer it when we give you some. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what you need to be committed to. What word do I need to commit to? What what action do I need to take to that word that the Lord's ministering to me? It's growing up time. Amen. So I'm going to read to you out of James chapter 1, verse 20, start with verse 20, out of the Message Bible. Now this has to do with the, the mirror, standing before the mirror. But I loved this, and I gave this to our, our ladies and also Wes who met with us. This is what the Message Bible said, and I love it. Get a hold of this. I am so excited about it. In simple humility, let our gardener 
God, with a big emphasis, God landscape you with the word. I am being landscaped with the word. But so are you. He's, listen to this. Making a salvation garden of your life. Is that not awesome? Now, that's the message Bible. Now, let me finish reading it. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. And I have found that a lot of times we as believers and faith people let it go in one ear and out the other. Because faith brings action. It brings possession. And it should cause us to put some actions with it. Okay, so don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two months later have no idea who they are. Now, I love this. They have no idea who they are. Do you know who you are? I want you to stop and think about that. You can write that down. Meditate on who am I? So they have no idea who they are, what they look like. What do I look like? We're supposed to look like what this word says I am. If I am says I am, then I am. If I am says I am, I am. I forgot how that song goes. I look back at Karen because she knows them. <laughs> what do I look like? Do I look like... And I was looking at Cindy this morning. Praise God, Cindy's... Man, she's been through lots <laughs> And I looked at her and I saw how she is getting up and down so much easier. That's what she looks like. She looks like she can get up out of that chair easy. She looks like she's healed. You look like, you're, you, look like you are so blessed financially that you're giving. Amen. What do you look like? I look like what God says I do. And so you may want to write down when we give you those books what you look like. Amen. And who you are. What they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God. In, then in parenthesis, the free life. The free life. Even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it is no distracted scatterbrain. But a man or woman of action. That's good. That person will find delight and also an affirmation in the action. Isn't that good? Praise God. We're doers of the word. We're going to get committed. If the word of God says that you're blessed going in and blessed going out, if he says that he'll bless everything you set your hands to, then you're going to start putting some action to it. You're not going to go, and it's going to come to the words of your mouth. You're not going to go around saying, well, I just can't afford that. Well, of course you can't because you're saying it and you believe what you say. That's why we've got to change what we say. Now then, your words and your actions demonstrate where you're going. Where are you going? 
What are you saying? That's where you're going. Your actions. That, that determines and demonstrates where you're going. So ask yourself, does my actions demonstrate Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31? Let's just turn over there. Whoops, Isaiah. Now you're very familiar with this. But what we want to do is to get our actions showing this. Well, we'll get there. And, and we are, I mean, we can quote this. Everybody in here can quote this. Well, we're going to actually start with verse 27, and then I'm going to read some commentary on it. Now, Isaiah is talking to uh, the children of God here. He says, why sayest thou... Now, we're going to put an emphasis on words today. What you say. Oh, 40? Sorry. Verse 27. Well, you should just go straight to verse 29. But we're going to start with verse 27 because he has some things that he's saying to them and why he's saying it. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? See, words were coming out of their mouth. The people of God. O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known? Question mark. Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. And that means there's no end to his understanding. Now, this is what Matthew uh, Henry's commentary says about that. So what we find in verse 27 is that Isaiah is reproving the people of God for the distrust and unbelief of God and the despondencies and dejections of their spirit during their afflictions. So what he was saying, he says, I can see how you're acting during these afflictions. I can hear what you're saying. Then he goes on, why are you saying my way is hidden from the Lord? Consider if you have grounds to say these things. You see, they were saying God didn't see me. God doesn't see me. My ways are hidden. What I'm going through today, God doesn't see it. And I mean, he was correcting them. He says, I hear you've been saying my way's hidden. God doesn't even see it. Consider if you have grounds to say these things. Many of our frets and fears would vanish before an inquiry into what is causing them. So what we want to inquire then, he's saying, is... What's causing them? What's causing those frets? What's causing those worries? What's causing that doubt? What's causing you to say what you've been saying? There's a reason you're saying it. And he said, if you'll just... Well, let me go ahead and read it. He says, it is bad to have evil thoughts rise in your minds. And I noticed in all of the commentaries I looked at, he uses the word evil, evil words. Wrong words, you might say. But he calls them evil, and they are, if they're negative. It is bad to have evil thoughts rise in your minds. But it is worse to put those evil words 
evil thoughts into words. Wow. It's worse if you speak them. Because when we speak them, we're releasing the power of those words. And he said it's worse if you take those evil thoughts and you let them rise up here and let them come out your mouth. So David, it said, regretted what he said in his haste when he was in distress. He called David's attention to this. And he said, why are you saying these things? Don't you remember? Do we remember what the word says when you didn't feel good here this morning? Did, or, or were you saying with your mouth, well, I really don't feel like going today, but I'm going to go anyway. Well, go ahead and go anyway. But you can't say I didn't feel good. Because you're, go, you're not going with what God says. Okay? So David regretted what he said in his haste when he was in distress. That, that right there is so important. When the pressure's on. I don't care what it is. When the pressure's on, watch what you say. And David said he regretted what he said when he was under pressure. Okay? Number one, that God would not heed. This is what he said. He said that God would not heed their words and thoughts of distress. He thought, God's not paying any attention. He would not heed my words and thoughts are the people's words and thoughts. And the second one that he said, when he said, my, my way is hidden from the Lord, means he takes no notice of our straits nor concerns himself anymore in our concernments. Now, this is all from the Matthew Henry commentary. Can you see how wrong he was thinking? Can you see how he was giving under, under the stress of what was going on in his life? And the third one that he said was that God could not help them. God, you can't help me. He says, and, my, and that my case is past relief. This is what he was thinking, and this is what he was saying. That's what he meant when he said that God could not help him. He says, and that my case is past relief. So far past it that God himself cannot readdress the grievances of it. He lost all confidence in God. All confidence. Then in verse 28, God appeals to what they had known and what they had heard. So let's go back here and let's go ahead and read then. But I wanted you to hear that out of Matthew Henry. It was just so real to me that we give in to the stress of things that are going on. And then we speak wrong. He says evil thoughts. We speak those evil thoughts. Those are thoughts that when we speak them will damage us. You know, the, uh, the shield of faith is made up of your confessions of the word. That's what protects you is the confessions that you're saying. You just see that. Well, when you start changing your confession, I don't feel good today. Now, I ask you to raise your hands on that so we can minister to it. But you're not going to feel bad the rest of the day. You have to trust that, and you're going to have to tell your body, okay, body, you feel good. You're going to bend over and pick this up. You can do. You can do. So we're going to confess what God's word says in the time of stresses. Amen. So and let's look and, and read here. Verse 28 is so important. 
Ask yourself this. Hast thou not known? And when you do some commentaries on that, it talks about they knew. They had knowledge. They were knowers, one translation says. They were knowers. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. And that when you look that up, that understanding means there's no end to his understanding. In other words, I understand. Praise God we have a God and a Lord that understands. Amen. He says, he giveth power. And because he does understand, he gives us something. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. See, age has nothing to do with it. Even the young people. Even the young people can fall. So don't think just because you're getting older, those of us that are older than what some of you are, age has nothing to do with it. We, we just speak the word. Amen. But they that wait, and that word means to trust, and also means, when I was reading this, that you're expecting something. When you're waiting on something, you're expecting something. So when they wait or expect upon the Lord... Their strength, let me go back. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Because you're expecting it and you're saying it and you're calling on it, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Okay. Uh, Shall renew their strength. They shall bound up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not Faint. That word renew there means to flourish again. I had a man in our uh, congregation, a few, oh, it's been a couple of months ago, Mr. Jim, not, not Alexander, but another Jim. He came up to me. I don't think he even knew what he was saying because he hasn't been here that long. But he said, Miss Bonnie, I want you to know that you're flourishing. I thought, that lines up with exactly what I've been saying. My strength is flourishing again. You said, well, you don't act like it. Yes, I do. You don't know how, how I felt. You don't know how, what's going on in my life. And I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know you're here. And your actions are showing that you're flourishing this morning. Aren't you excited about that? You're flourishing. Woo! That gives you more energy. Get you excited about that. Just think about what all you're going to be able to do when you get home today. Yeah? Well, maybe you don't want to think about it. Okay. <laughs> so, to me, that wait does not mean you're just sitting down waiting on God to do something. It means you're expecting something. You Praise God, I'm expecting something. So, uh, Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary says, Hast thou not known? And he said, that means... By your observation and your reading of the scriptures. Have you not known by the reading of the scrolls? Have you not known by observing me? This word here in Isaiah 40, 29, 31 tells me, 
I don't have to be weak. Or if you are weak, you don't have to stay weak. That's what that word tells me. So sometimes we have to, to the best of our ability, make our body do things that it doesn't want to do. And whatever it is, the Lord, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Now, I'll I'll tell you what, something I've been doing, because y'all know that I've had a few physical attacks, a few little heart issues and some bumps in the road. But it had affected my walking, the energy, the, you know. And I found that I was uh, uh, kind of walking like this. I thought, you better straighten up, sister. The Holy Ghost told me that. So I'm practicing. When I, when I feel weak, when there is the weakness in the walking, which it's leaving. Y'all know that, but you got to get in faith. So I go through my house now doing, you're going you're gonna to walk right. You're going to take normal steps. Here I go. Here I go. I walk all around my house practicing this I don't know how many times a day. And if I catch myself giving in a little bit, no. i got to have actions. I'm walking perfectly normal. And I don't know how many people said, have said over the months, why are you walking like that? Hmm. I better answer that question to myself. I thought, well, I'm not going to anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm taking action. I'm making my body. You know what I did yesterday? I got so excited. Tanya, I got so excited. I thought, I planned my day the night before. And I'm doing that. Regardless. Okay? This is what I'm accomplishing tomorrow. Well, I needed to pull bushes down around the pool. All these rains... Some of the weeds around the outside of that pool were getting this big. Well, I went down there because the acorns are falling. I thought, well, I'll get the blower, and I'll blow the acorns all off. Well, then when I saw that, you know what I said? Now, I'm talking about words. I can do this. Now, what am I going to do with those words? I'm going to do it. It looks so good today. I can do it. And I did it. Now then, I'll let you know this. I knew when to sit down. There is such a thing as wisdom. And I knew when to sit down. And I, and it's just automatically, things comes out of our mouth, girls. We just really need to put a, but I said, okay. I said it out loud. I need to go sit down. So I went and I sat down for just a few minutes. Then I thought, okay. Let's go again. I can do this. I'm telling you today, you can do this. Now then, there's something about the word can't. Can't really means you won't try. Oh, you can say, oh me, oh my. You won't try. But the Holy Spirit that's in you will tell you Let it rise up and come out of your mouth. See, you're obligated to what you say. God is so obligated to his word, and we are like him. 
So we have got to become committed to the words that we are saying. I was committed because I said, let the weak say they're strong. And I was saying, I'm so strong, I can do this. And then I changed it. I'm so strong, I will do this. I will do this. And so I got out there. I had the best day. I I was patting myself on the back because of the word. I'm telling you, girls, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you better get him in you. Because he he wants us living what Jesus paid for. And I may be 82 years old, but I ain't going to dress like I'm 100. Not going. My mama, all she wore was those little button-up house things, you know. And I'm not going to act like I'm a hundred. Now I'm going to live to a hundred. My daughter-in-law told me the other day. She said, "I'm already planning your birthday party." She got hooked in my, and that's why I go around saying, saying, get hooked of it. I don't want to live to just ninety. I want to live past there. I've got a good 20 more years. I'm 82, and that's going to put me a little past 100. I've got a good 20 years. Now then, do I believe it? We'll get into that in a little bit. I do, but you may not. But you're not me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hardly wait to get home and do some things. You know what one of my projects is? i got some painting I need to do. I need to get down on my knees and paint some baseboards in my bathroom. Now, I'm not for sure just when I'm going to do that, but that's one of my goals. Set yourself some goals and whatever it is. And then you say, I can do it. And then you say, I'm going to do it. Because you can. If you say, I can't do it, you ain't going to. You're going to give in. You're going to be moved. Are y'all getting this? Okay. Now, here's a quote. You are created to conquer circumstances, to solve problems, and to reach goals. You can do it. Oh, I love to set goals. I'm telling you, I've got some I'm not going to tell you about, but I've got some goals. Praise God. Our own words are important. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to be committed to our very own words that are what God says. Well, you'll be committed to those that that are not good. It's so easy to do that, but it's a little bit harder when we have to commit to what God says. Amen. And then ask yourself, am I committed to God's words? What does it mean to me that by the stripes of Jesus I've been healed? What does it mean to me God, when God said, I sent my word and healed you? That needs to mean something to me. So how am I going to get out of that statement that he made? What I need. I'm going to pray in tongues. And this is how I do it. Now, Father, you said that you sent your word to heal me. So that's done. So I'm going to pray in the spirit what that needs to mean to me. See, it's not good enough just to quote it. 
You've got to know what it means to you. How do you take that and apply it to your life? And that's what we're starting with this year is applying the Word of God. And not just let it be something we say, oh, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. You know, well, what are you going to do with that if you're blessed going in and blessed going out? What are you going to do? You're going to become a giver. Because, you, you know, I mean, it's going to be so, you're so much that you can't contain it all if you're a tither. Amen. Okay, so am I committed to God's words? I've been speaking his words. Or am I moved by what I see or am I moved by what I feel? Therefore, if I am, I won't stick to my confessions. Have you been saying part of your confessions? Think about your confessions that you make. Are you sticking to them when pressure hits? Or is there a hole in your shield of faith? Am I sticking to them? Am I continuing to say it? And what I'm trying to say is have trust in your words you speak and give them time to work. It takes time. Don't call them off. Don't call them in. Don't call your words in off of their job. When it's God's words that you're speaking, continue to say them regardless of pressures that's around you. Continue to say them. Amen. Don't call them in off of the job. See, they have a work to do because God said he would watch over his word to perform it. Praise God. You know, our Wednesday nights are some of my favorite, favorite, favorite times of service. I love the discussions that we get into. And we just come in and teach. You don't have the praise and worship. It's just, oh, man, it's awesome. But when Susan was teaching the other night, I was already thinking about this, what I was going to teach. But... Uh, God watches over his word to perform it. I've got that written down where she said something. If I could just find it here. Let me find it here in just a minute. Okay, she made this statement. God knows what is going to happen because he spoke it. Now you pause and think on that. And this is what... He believed his own words. He knew when he cursed the fig tree... He didn't have to turn around and look to see if it was dying or if it was dead. It was actually already dead because of his words. No man shall eat fruit of you hereafter. That tree heard his words. That tree had to do. It had to die because of words. That sickness, that disease, that tiredness has to leave your body because of your words. Or it can stay and grow worse because of your words. But anyway, he watches over his word to perform and praise God. So uh, then she went on to say, what if we believe something already has happened? When we speak it. Man, I have pondered that and pondered that. Do you know that I have been saying I am strong because the word says it? I believe that. And you know what? I'm strong. 
It may be in the realm of faith, but it's already happened. What God spoke has already happened. What I speak has already happened. I am already strong. I don't know if I'm getting this across or not, but I am already strong. I am already healed. I am already so blessed that I have abundance to give. I'm already there. If you're praying for prosperity, you think about that. He said you were blessed coming in and blessed going out. You're, you're already blessed. I mean, don't just look for it in the future. You've got it. It's here. It's done. That's what I'm trying to say. It's done. Faith is when? Now. So it's done. It's done. You're blessed. Money's coming in. You got it. Praise God. Finances, those bills are paid. Praise God. Because you're releasing God's words. And every situation, every circumstance, every problem has to bow to God's words. And so by, through the eye of faith, you see that. Not with the physical. You see it with the spiritual eyes. You know, it's done. You think about Jesus going to the cross and what all he took. Hey, it's done. It's finished. He said, it is finished. It's finished. All I have to do is to expect it and receive it. Tell him, I receive that, Lord. When they pray over our offerings, Ken and different ones, when they pray, I say, sometimes I say it out loud, I receive that in the name of Jesus. I receive it. Praise God. Okay. Okay. You need to have trust in your words. Keep them on the job. Amen. Words are containers. Boy, praise God for words. They contain something. They contain whatever you're saying. That'll make you pause and think, won't it? Now then, let's look at Job 22 and verse 28, I think it is. Uh, Chapter 22, verse 28 of Job. Okay. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it not maybe will be, it shall be established upon thee, unto thee. There's no question mark on that. Do you believe what you've been decreeing? Then act like it. It shall be established unto thee. I mean, it's going to happen. And the light shall shine upon your ways. When men are cast down, thou shalt say, there is lifting up. There is lifting up. Boy, there's so much if you will start paying attention to the word say, said, speak. Those kind of words, it's powerful. So he tells Job, he says, you decree it, decree a thing. And the complete Jewish Bible translation says this, what you decide to do will succeed. So, and some of the translation says to decide and then decree. Do you get that? Make a decision. This is what I'm going to decree. Okay. So what you decide to do will succeed and light will shine on your path. 
Now, a path is going to be the road you're traveling, where you're going. So when you decide what you're going to decree, and you might write some of these things down in your book. When you decide what you're going to decree, then there's going to be lights going to come to you of how you're going to do this. He says light will shine on your path. The light of the word is going to guide you. You won't be in the dark as what to do. So what are you going to say? I know exactly what to do. I've decreed this, and I know exactly what to do. And you think, well, well, I don't know. Up here, I don't know. But you'd hear, it's going to come. And you can be doing your dishes, you're mowing the lawn, whatever you do. And all of a sudden, it'll come up here, and you'll know exactly, exactly what to do. It'll become so clear because of the light that's shining on your path. Light gets rid of the darkness. You'll no longer be in darkness on what to do. That's a good confession to make. I'm no longer in darkness on what to do about this situation. I know exactly what to do. Amen. Words, words, words. Praise God. Okay, the Amplified Translation says, You shall decide and then decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. You even get favor. When you decide and decree it, you're going to have God's favor on that thing. As long as it lines up, you know, with God's word. We know that. Okay, the Message Bible says, you'll decide what you want and it will happen. Now, what does that do for your faith? Skyrockets. What, are you, what it does is cause you to see it happening. It causes you to believe. It causes you to accept it. Accept it as happening. Okay? Your life will be bathed in light. That's the uh, message Bible. Your life will be bathed in light. No darkness. There's no darkness in my life. If there's any darkness in my life, it's because I let it in. I dwelt on it. I meditated on it. I thought on it. I spoke it. But I want this. I want my life, my everyday life to be bathed in light where there is no darkness. When you decide something, you have to have the actions to show it. Like, like I said, let the weak say I'm strong. And let the poor say what? I'm rich. Why do you say that? Why do you say let the poor say I'm rich? Because it's God's words. We say what God says. Amen. So what would be your action? What would you do if you were rich? You might write that down as a question. Let the Holy Spirit begin to show you. And I'm not saying you become some, you're going to give everything away or anything like that. But there's some action that you could take. When you, when you see yourself as being rich, in the first place, it's going to change the words of your mouth, which is going to affect what you do, which is going to affect what happens. Amen. What are you saying? I can tell you right now I'm rich. You know why? You say, well, I don't see it. Well, you don't have to. It sees it in the Word. It says it in the Word. I see it in the Word. I'm not going to deny what God said to me. Why do I want to tell him, God, I'm not rich? See, that's what David was, uh, Isaiah rather, was doing. They were talking against what God had told them. 
He said, Why, don't you know? Don't you remember what the word said that you have read in the scrolls? Well, don't we remember what the word says? That you're blessed. You are, so, you are blessed for a reason. And that is so that you can give. And every person in here is on a different level of being blessed. You may be blessed uh, as a cook. You, you know, Tanya, bless her heart. She's so blessed. I'm so thankful. Aren't y'all thankful? That, that you know, she, I'm, I looked, I think, how does she get all this stuff done? Kim or help her for one. <laughs> She's got good workers. But you, you're blessed. What you're blessed in, I know you're blessed coming in and blessed going out. So that pretty much covers everything. I'm such a blessing. I really am a blessing. Praise God. See yourself as a blessing. You are a blessing. Hallelujah. So what you do with that is you are aware of where you are and who you're around. You can be a blessing to somebody every day. It may be in just something that you say. Now, uh, you didn't know, whatever your name is, Mary, <laughs> Mary, you didn't know that you were a blessing to me while ago when you put your hands on me. See what I'm talking about? You don't know. I mean, it's anything and everything. I'm just blessed. Amen? And I'm blessed to have you as a friend. Amen? You're blessed. Just think, think about how you're blessed. Hallelujah. Okay, so... John Burge, I tell you, Sunday morning's teaching was awesome. Oh, my goodness. It was awesome. John Burge taught, and this is something that he said, and I thought, he's just going right along with what I'm going to be teaching. But I, it, it's just worth getting it, listening to it. Your daily words are important, he said, because they affect your faith. Your daily words affect your faith. When you want your faith to work, you want your heart to believe your own words. I thought, man, he's just teaching. That just goes right along with what I've been trying to say. And he said it a little bit better there. You want your heart to believe your own words. That's so important. How important are words? They're life and death. But they're life to me and death to the things that are negative. Amen? So words do matter. Now then, what is wrong with my shoes I've got on this morning? I don't know how many people noticed my shoes. and I think it was you, Teresa, said, what's wrong with your foot? I said, nothing. I said, you'll find out why they don't match. What's wrong with, why would I want to wear something that doesn't match? And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, take you two shoes, one that matches and one that doesn't. So what's wrong with these shoes? What's wrong with these shoes I've got on? They don't match. Then why are, this is it, why do your words not match God's words? Write that one down. As Creflo would say. Because, and so I thought, okay, I'll do that. I'll wear shoes that don't match just as an object lesson. Karen, they can work in children's church. She's got her a lesson going back there. 
my shoes don't match, then why do not, my, do not make my words match God's words? I'm sick. That's not what God says. I can't pay my bills. That's not what God says. I'm broke. I have no energy. That's not what God says. He said he'd give you strength. My words that comes out of my mouth has got to match God's words. And, and I'm not saying you might not feel good. I'm not saying you don't, you know, whatever the issue is. But I'm saying we've still got to have our words match God's words. Which one of these do you think I ought to wear today? I like this one. Yeah, I found those in my closet. Been in there for years. So I thought, oh, I think I'm going to wear those. I got the other one in the office. If Susan doesn't find it, and throw it away, thinking there's just one shoe. <laughs> anyway, words matter. Now, this is something that God really spoke to my heart. Well, I'm going to reiterate what I just said. Then why are you saying words that don't match God's words? That's something to ponder. Why am I doing that? I'm living out an unrenewed soul. We cannot conduct our life and our mouth out of an unrenewed soul. We've got to live out of our spirit. Amen. So... God ministered this to me, that God's word is his will. And it's just another way of saying what I just previously said. And I need to be speaking his will with my mouth. I don't know, I just made it stronger to me. The word is his will, and I need to speak, be speaking his will. Now, we, we just said we need to be speaking his words. But I need to be speaking his will you need to go back and study the will of God. I need to be speaking his will with my mouth. That's what I've got to say. What is his will concerning this? Find out and say what his will says, okay? Now then, let's go to Proverbs 16. And... Let's look at verse 23. The heart of the wise. You know, the heart of the wise. To me, that says something. I, did, I didn't look this up. But he's talking about the heart of the wise. To me, the desire. The desire of the wise teaches his mouth. Your mouth can be taught. And addeth learning to his lips. We not only can teach our mouth what to say, but when we do, we'll add learning, such as when to speak, when not to speak, and what to speak. We can add learning to my lips. Amen. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb. Now, in the olden days, when you go back and study in the Old Testament and all, Honey was a medicinal medicine that they used. Amen? And it still is today. Pleasant words. Not evil words. Not negative words. Not woe is me words. Are as a honeycomb. 
pleasant words are sweet to what? This up here. Is it pleasant words when you say, I feel terrible today? No. That's not sweet to your soul. So he's saying pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul. They're sweet to my mind. And not only are they sweet to this up here, but pleasant words heal the bones. They heal the bones. What are you saying? I'm going to say some pleasant words. Pleasant words. Health to the bones. Now, then, I think I have some commentaries on that if I can find it here. Okay. It says that pleasant words gives expression to your mouth and adds learning to your lips. Pleasant words gives expression. Amen. Wisdom in the heart suggests to the mouth what? Now, let me reread that. Wisdom in the heart, in your spirit, Suggest to the mouth what, how, where, and when one should speak. We need revelation in the heart of when, where, what, and how to speak. During his speaking, the heart of the wise adds learning. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones, he said. So what is healthful to the soul? What is it? It's his words. And it also does good, one translation says, it does good to the body at the same time. It's health to this up here. It's information that you need up here. But it's also good to the body. Pleasant words are good to the body. Praise God. One translation says, pleasant words are healing to the body. Now I ask you, are your words important? Are your words important? Yeah, they're important. Praise God. Matthew Henry says, the bones are the strength of the body. That's true. We know that. And the word of God is a means of spiritual strength curing the diseases that weaken it. Now, I'm going to read that again out of Matthew Henry, if you want to look that up. The bones are the strength of the body, and the Word of God is a means of spiritual strength curing the diseases that weakens it. So let the weak say, I'm strong. That's spiritual, as well as it being bringing physical strength. I'm telling you, God doesn't leave anything out. He wants us to live that life, life more abundantly. We're going to have to get busy and start getting our words and line up with the will of God. Amen. And expect it. I mean, it's happened. I'm strong. I know I'm strong because I've been saying it, and it has to God has to perform it. He's obligated to his word. Okay, let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. We're going to get ready to close here in just a minute. But I want to go there. And we're going to take another look at that. Matthew, Mark. 
11.23. I tell you, we, we cannot read this enough and meditate it. Amen. So Mark 11, 23 and 24. This is Jesus. Well, in the first place, he says to have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say under this mountain our problem, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray or when you speak, Believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. So what I'm seeing in that, that we've already said, actually, I have believed certain things. I'm, I'm just give you an example how I use this. Most, most all of you know that, I had, that I've lost three siblings and, and a husband in a year and a half. But my brother that passed away in, uh, in Washington State... Uh, I was made administrator of his will because he had no children and, and his wife had passed away years ago. So I have believed certain things that has to do with my brother's death uh, that hasn't manifested in the touch-it realm yet, okay? So I told God, this is what I expect because you said, Father, you would perfect, bring to completion that which concerned me. So when I got to thinking about that, and I say this often, concerns me does not mean a worry, but it, it can mean has to do with me. So you said you would perfect everything that has to do with me. Isn't that good? And then I say, so it's done. It's done. I don't have to be concerned about it anymore. I lost the concern. I lost the care of it. I don't have to go to bed thinking about it every night. Well, do I need to do this? Do I need to make this phone call? Do I need to do that? Do whatever. I don't have to do that anymore. I lost the concern of it because God got it. And you know what? It's done. And you know what? I'm expecting to hear from that probate lawyer. I'm it could be in the mail out there today. I put a limit on it. I put a limit on it. I said, it'll, it'll, that'll happen by such and such a time. Now then, when do I receive what I said? Right, right, when I prayed it. Boy, this is powerful stuff. I don't know if y'all are getting it or not. This is powerful. Okay. So, it's done. I'm so excited about it. Amen. Praise God the pressure's off of that. You've never been through probate in another state. You have no idea, especially when they didn't have a will or no kids or whatever. You know, it, God's good. Praise God. Now let's go to Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21. But this word is applicable. Isn't that a good word? It will apply to any situation or circumstance in your life. I don't care what it is. You've just got to find out what it is you need to be saying and decree it and turn it loose. Turn it loose. Okay. 
So uh, verse 25 of chapter 21. That's not where I'm going. I'm in 22. Let me see. Hang on, y'all. Proverbs 21. That's not where I wanted to go. Where it talks about uh, verse 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. If you learn, and I learn, and we are accepting that we are learners, (laughs) if I will keep my mouth and, and make it say what the Word of God says, that I will keep this part up here from trouble. But I've learned to, got to learn to keep it. Amen. And Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary says that the mouth is the gate. And you stop to think about it. It is the gate. Praise God. Now then, let's go to Joshua 1. I know you're thinking, oh, yeah, Genesis 6 was the latest number to do. Joshua 1. Some of Tom's favorite scriptures. I'm going to, you need to read that whole chapter. But Joshua 1, start with verse 7. Only, that word only is very important there. You can't be weak, in other words. Only be thou strong. That's the only way you, you need to be. You can't be weak-minded. You can't be weak in body. You've got to be strong. Only. So I have no choice, as far as I'm concerned, but to be strong. So do you. Only be thou strong and very courageous. And you know, whatever, if, if you're dealing with your body... That very courageous could be important to you as to applying action to by the stripes of Jesus you've been healed. Sometimes it takes courage. Amen. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now there it talks about you can prosper wherever you go by doing what he says here, to be strong and courageous. He says, this book of the law, this word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. He said, don't quit speaking it. Don't quit speaking it. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what's happening in your life. Don't quit speaking the word. Don't let it stop. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now, that is so important. See, that's what we've missed, that part, that we may observe to do according to what it says. We have got to become doers of this word that we've been hearing for years and years and years and years. And he says, we will become observed to do according to all that is written therein. For then, after we become a doer, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. That word shall is very, very important. It means it's going to happen. 
if we will observe to do what the word tells us to do, we will make our way prosperous in whatever area of our life. It doesn't, I mean, physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever it is, we will make our way prosperous, but we have to meditate on it. The only way we will become a doer of what that word says is if we meditate on it. And we know that that word meditate means you think on it, you say it, you mutter it. That means to mutter it. Go around muttering it. Mutter it, you know, I mean, your dog won't care if he hears you muttering the word of God. Praise God. Mutter it. Why? Because you're putting it into you. And you're taking what you know. Remember what uh, Isaiah said, don't you know? Don't you remember what the word of God said that you've been hearing all this time? Well, do you? Do I remember what the word of God says? So... To enjoy prosperity and to be successful, Joshua was told to do three things. The word was not to depart from his mouth. That means keep speaking it. He was to talk about it. I think it's in Deuteronomy, maybe chapter 6 and and, uh, verse 7, where it talks about talking it to your children. I'm pretty sure that might be the scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6. He says, talk of it day and night. Talk of that word. Talk it to your children so it'll get in your children. Amen. Is that it, Mary? Deuteronomy 6, try verse 7. Anyway, Deuteronomy. So he was to talk it, okay? So we're to talk it, mutter it, or go around muttering the word. I do. I, you know, sometimes, you know, I know y'all do too, but are we doing it enough? And the second was he was to meditate on it day and night, to think about it. That's it. Read that to me. Okay, I'm going to come over here because we need that scripture on tape. Okay, so read it loud. You want me to read yeah. 6 and 7? Uh, go ahead. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. That's all time. In other words, the word of God should be first and foremost in our mind. It should be here, not pushed back here. The problems should be way back there. But we're to talk of it to our children. Is that awesome? Because we need to be putting the word into our children, and that's one way. Okay, the third thing that he said that he was to do, uh, that he was to do everything that is written in it. To obey its commands and to act by what it says. He was to do everything written in it, to obey the commands and to act by what it says. That's us. We're going to become doers of the word. We're going to make our words line up with God's word. Amen. And this is the quote in closing. Meditation is designed to enable you to see that every promise of God is yours. Meditation, I'll say that again, is designed to enable you to see that every promise of God is yours. Every promise. Go back and read Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses. 
Every promise. He holds no good thing from you. And that's a scripture. I'm not for sure where that is, uh, but you can look that up. It says that he holds no good thing from you. Now, that's powerful. That's something to be thankful for. Let's prove God's will by continually speaking his will out of our mouth. And let's do what it says. So, in closing, let's commit to doing what the word says. Commit ourselves. I want you, when you leave here, to start listening to the Spirit. What is it? What word is it that you need to commit to? To do it. Don't just read it. Don't just say it. What action is it that you need to take when you commit to what the word says? That I'm just believing that the Holy Spirit will speak to every one of us in here. As to what it is that we really need to commit to and the action. I want him to show me the actions that I need to do to those things that I need to commit to. Amen. Amen.